Ten minute talk. Ten minute talk. Ten minute talk. Ten minute talks. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Phantom Zone, your one-stop shop for all things nerdy. If you like what you hear today, you can listen to our other episodes on a whole range of nerdy topics now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and now on SoundCloud. My name is Chris Buick, and I am joined once again by my fellow nerds, Ian and Simone. How are you both? Hi. Hello. Well, I, I'm I'm dying of a cold. Ian is ill this week. He's a touch ill. The cordyceps have sunk in. They've sunk into me. This, this could be the last of Ian, as you said to me. <laughs> That's actually what the show is. The last, the of, last Ian. of Ian. Yeah. I'd watch that. I'd watch that. Just you traversing the apocalypse on your own. I'm like, where's Simone? She's just gone. She's off surviving on her own. Yeah. She, she figured out that I was a hindrance and she was like, yeah, I'm, I'm moving on. I'm sure Simone doesn't think that, right, Simone? Uh, the silence says, oh. <laughs> she's not no, ready. I she's left. I wouldn't, I wouldn't leave. Ian's the muscle. We've discussed this. This is true. Yeah, for those who don't know, Ian is uh, well versed in Brazilian jiu jitsu, so could fight his way through a fair yeah. number. But, I'll get yeah. bitten a fair amount, but I'd fight my way through. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, Simone, what would you bring to the apocalypse in terms of skills? Uh, Logistics. Yeah, Simone's nice. the logistics, 100%. That's, that's yeah. good. That's good. Simone that's good. is planning. I am not. I am not planning. Simone's a good planner. Great. I have nothing. So <laughs> <laughs> I've got IT skills. I've got it. IT skills, which uh, in the apocalypse seems to dwindle slightly. Yeah. <laughs> the ratio but, goes way down. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we also, unfortunately, don't have Toby this week uh, uh, with us this week um, because, well, I heard what he said at the beginning of the DCU episode where he said it was him or me, and <laughs> I've chosen me. So uh, the vibe is continuing weirdly. <laughs> it, it's only ever been you two not on a podcast at the same yeah, time. It's this is how rumors start of dis- Discord in the uh, podcast. <laughs> but um, no, unfortunately, Toby can't be with us this week, which is a shame because obviously he wasn't with us for episode three either. Yeah. But he hopefully will be back uh, for our next. Um, last of us episode um which will be in a couple of weeks because we're actually here for another episode of our 10 minute talks to talk about not just one but two episodes of the last of us mm-hmm. episodes four and five um thanks to the super bowl taking place this sunday uh go eagles uh the eagles are the, the only team and i think the chiefs are the other team that play i don't know i don't watch nfl yeah i was about <laughs> to say when you say go eagles i was like are you a big fan of nfl because no, i've never watched I just, it i just know that the philadelphia eagles uh from the film yeah um, silver Linings playbook oh okay i thought you were gonna say it's always sunny enough philadelphia <laughs> it's always it's always sunny in philadelphia as well yeah, so, yeah. and the eagles are uh, uh, and my, I know my friend supports the Dolphins, and that's about it. Yeah. Um, but because of the Super Bowl, there will be no. Uh, there was. There's going to be no last of us episodes today, Sunday in America, or Monday in the UK. Instead, they've brought it forward, and as of yesterday, the fifth episode went live for the Last of Us. So we've had two in a week. I'm glad they did that, and good. I'm glad they did that too, rather than postpone it or try and push it. Uh, you know, make people watch it essentially during the Super Bowl. I think. For The Last of Us, it was a smart move as well, because let's face it, the Super Bowl takes over that whole weekend. Oh, yeah. Um, Americans love that stuff. Yeah, so we've got episode four titled Please Hold to My Hand and episode five titled Endure and Survive. So we'll start with episode four. We'll probably flip between the two um, as as we go through. But we'll start with episode four, Please Hold to My Hand, where we see Joe and Elliot, who after picking up a truck at Bill and Frank's, are driving their way to Wyoming. Uh, after a while, they reach Kansas City and find their way blocked. 
uh, and after a bit of a detour, they are then ambushed by raiders who they take out and manage to survive, but then find themselves trapped in a city of other raiders looking for them. Um, what did we think of episode four, guys? Yeah, it was not bad. I think it's it felt like, a, as you say, we might flit in between, but it felt like a bit of setup for episode five because there's yeah. the, the end of the episode has them... Uh, the raiders are searching for other people as well, Henry and Sam. And at the end of this episode, we see Henry and Sam have been cornered, Joel and Ellie. So yeah. it felt, and that's that's literally the end. So it does feel like this is the a two part episode, like that you that that go quite well together. Uh, so hence why it does work them doing them together. Um, but it is a good episode. Like just looking at four, I think it's a very much Joel and Ellie focused episode and their relationship and their development she's telling like jokes from a joke book she had found which is very funny and we have like them emotionally bonding over that uh joel trying to be a grumpy old man like i don't find this funny but he does find it funny um and that's nice that was nice i liked that it was like a nice you know levity to the just grinding depression that is this show <laughs> yeah it is it was a bit of levity it was a bit more it was a bit of a building blocks episode for like you say for episode five uh but also for joe and ellie's relationship which obviously is starting to gel a little bit more mm. after all the initial friction between the two um sam what did you think of episode four yeah yeah i agree i i i thought it was uh it's a good episode um not nearly as as soul destroying is the next one but um it's, it's episode, <laughs> you know where we see the as ian said the development of joel and ellie's relationship um there are i don't know i i had some thoughts while i was watching especially after they get ambushed and ellie has to um help joel uh by killing well not killing by shooting uh, what's the guy's name? He screams it. Brian. Brian's the name Brian? No, that's yeah, it's Brian. Brian. It's definitely, uh, it's definitely Brian. Or Ryan. It's Brian or Ryan. It's one of those two. I hear, I remember that sound. I'm going to go with Daryl. <laughs> <laughs> Classic <laughs> Daryl. Um, after, yeah, she shoots um, Daryl, Brian, whatever his name is, to, you know, protect Joe because Joel, because he's, he's losing the fight. And, um, yeah i just had this really sad thought of like i don't i mean i don't know the story of the last of us but i don't know if joel is gonna get through this i don't know it was one of those weird moments where i was like i can't see this ending well for him yeah i know what you mean so obviously you you would assume i I don't know i'm not gonna obviously give anything away from what i know um that as a video game protagonist main character well, you, you'd assume, you've got to assume that Joel's going to make it. However, I think what the show is kind of showing you is that Joel is not like, invincible. Joel mm. is an older man who's doing his best to survive and is very capable, but is also also very capable of being overwhelmed and being surprised and being ambushed. And I think that gives a real sense of stakes to the show that, you know, while Joe is the protector and you would expect him to be fine, maybe he won't be. Maybe he won't always be fine. Maybe something will happen. Maybe something won't. I ain't saying nothing. But um, <laughs> I ain't saying nothing. I ain't not saying nothing. What's interesting though is um, the, so there's a bit of a diversion from the game in that scene you were talking about with Ellie 
Chooch, Ryan, Daryl, Clive, whatever his name is. Um, <laughs> that's what I'm going with, Clive. This poor guy, like he, he's dead and we just can't even remember his name. We're just like, nah, that guy. Disposable um, goon for. Yeah, but in the game, Ellie kills him. She doesn't wound him. Oh, she interesting. Doesn't then, she doesn't then, Joel doesn't then send her off to, you know. That's an interesting change. Hide away while he finishes the job. She kills him. So I'm wondering, maybe it's a, it's a, it's a decision made for TV because obviously watching a young girl kill someone outright on a show might have. Yeah, but, you know, we've seen much worse. I was about to say, TV. the next episode doesn't really hold back on that stuff. Yeah, so... so but it's an in, it's an it was an interesting verse because I was like I'm sure she killed her. I had to ch- check and look back, and I was like, yeah, she does. She takes him out, but it was and it, but it is very much a situation of it was him or Joel, and mm-hmm. what she does in this is similar situation. It's him or Joel. Joel was not winning that fight at that point. So, um, I it, why they changed that? That's an it's an like because it does change the narrative there because like she feels. Afterwards, Joel says to her, like, you know, it's not your fault. It was basically my fault that this happened, even though I, I actually think it's Brian, Daryl, whoever's fault it is. They didn't need to ambush them. Um, but, like, by her killing him in the game, I guess that gives her an element of urgency. It's her choice. But then doing it this way, it's like, I don't, that's strange because she wouldn't feel guilty because she didn't kill him. Mm. Whereas in the game, I kind of understand if they... Did they have that conversation after where Joel goes, I, you know, it's my fault this happened? Yeah, I know I know what you mean. I think yeah. as well, this, this the, the weird thing about the situation, that's that scene, sorry, is that in the game, it's not a raider and Joel. It's a, a hunter infected uh, who... Oh. Uh, the hunter, sorry, the hunt. It's not an infected, sorry. It is a raider, a hunter, but he's trying to tr- drown Joel in a puddle. And that's when Ellie uses her pistol. And then Joel takes the gun off her, gives it back to her later. It becomes a whole thing, whereas it's a bit more condensed and a bit more, um, you know, it's not as drawn out as it is in the game. Whereas there's the, the, the element of trust between Joel and Ellie takes a lot longer to build in the game that it does it seems to be doing in the show mm. which is an interesting direction but obviously if they're looking to do other stuff in the show they need to kind of i guess trim that slightly so yeah i mean it's not a bad change but it's just an interesting change like having not known that happened in the game or at least not remembering it because it's been a while like last time i watched somebody play this was like when it actually came out so it's been a long time um and like having forgotten about that, watching this episode, I wasn't like that was strange. Do you know what I mean? Like I don't, yeah. I don't know about you, Sim, but I didn't feel like that interaction was odd. But now knowing that they changed that, I guess I'm thinking why they changed that in my head. Um, I guess that's for you, Chris, being a player and a watcher. You're going to have that sort of at the same time. Mm. Yeah, uh, for me, it's I. Uh, there's not yet been a difference where I thought you, you've got that wrong. Like you shouldn't have mm. done that. You should have left that as it is. I, I don't don't anticipate there being one. Okay. Um, there are some interesting choices. For example, that which obviously, for those who played the game, and obviously like yourselves who haven't, who know who see Ellie 
not killing the guy and we know that she does in the game it kind of sets a slightly different tone and how it all works out but i think generally it's all going in the same direction so i'm fine with it mm-hmm. there have been many there have been much bigger divergences for the game the whole bill and frank episode for example yeah. so you know it's one of those but um yeah i think sim obviously now i've you've i've revealed what happens in the game would you agree it doesn't really take away from the actual narrative or would you think it does no, no, I don't think it does. I think it's probably it's all it's all leading, you know, like Ellie is developing as a as a character that's, you know, she's learning more about what it's like outside of a QZ and um realizing that, you know, it's it's not just the infected that are dangerous, it's also people and so she's she's growing, but also like I don't know if she had killed him. I don't know. Just and knowing that she kills him in the game, that's just really heartbreaking. And I don't know where I'm going with this. I feel like the show <laughs> really messes Simone up. I'm not going to lie. Like, yeah, I, I can imagine it does. I mean, it messes people who I've spoken to about it or find it. It's 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 a tough watch, and it's not going to be an easy series, which we've said to each other before to watch, and it's going to have some harrowing moments. Um, I think from Ellie's perspective. I think what's good about the way they're telling it in the show is they're kind of still touching on the narrative that this is a tough world for a, ch- a young person to grow up in. Yeah. Without a f- and that's, that's something that Simone, you yourself said in a previous episode was without a frame of reference for what life was like before, this is the world you know. You mm-hmm. don't have a perspective on what on real danger, real you know um, consequences of taking a life as much as the episode where she's in the... Um, seller toying with the clicker that's buried under all the rocks she doesn't see that in the same way as joe will because she's never lived in a world where it's not been a thing yeah yeah same with the plane as well wasn't it you know yeah uh, they've done very good to show that i think like when they're getting into the car uh, in the previous episode being like put the seatbelt on because you don't know what the spaceship yeah yeah they've done a good job showing ellie having that narrative as you say just not knowing a previous world and um the actress is very good well like, i was about to ask how do we good. feel about bella ramsey now she's, yeah I, I think she's smashing it yeah sure. yeah she's very great. good very very good yeah there's a lot of the same mannerisms there's the scene in the car where she's got the magazine the mm. obviously the yeah the yeah porn, the porn magazine mm. and uh that's that's directly lifted from the game and mm. that's quite uh interesting oh, it was a funny levity moment in the game before obviously they crash into kansas city mm. and uh it's kind of pretty much shot for shot line for line and i think she delivers it really well they both do pedro pascal obviously we don't need to he's 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 a legend anyway yeah. but uh i think bella ramsey and very fuck, much so she's very good fuck all the haters um, oh fuck those but honestly i think the first episode when we go back to the first review we did i did say that i wasn't sure how i felt about her because but i think that's because she really does not have any time to do yeah much. you see all of five minutes of her yeah you re- and i remember saying it then that i don't want to be like she's bad actress or anything but she's just not in that episode at all whereas the you know the previous so episode two this one and then episode five i think we've got to really spend a lot of time with her and sh- her performance is like very good i think she's a very good choice and i can see why they picked her and went yeah she's she's the right fit for this role because she does play that sort of like 
you can tell she's fucked up. Like you can tell that she's like completely fucked up by this situation. But like any kid, she's trying to like just enjoy, I guess, being a kid. Is she's got that kind of duality really well. Like she's very much like a child and Joel gets frustrated by her. But then also you're like, yeah, she's got lots of problems because she's going through this fucking nightmare. Yeah, agree. Mm. Agree. Yeah, yeah I, I think agree. Yeah, she's she's great. And um, you know, it's it's one of those that this game is so revered by gamers and people and you know, for when I remember when the game came out, everyone saying that like, you know, Ellen or Elliot Page now should be mm. playing it and they still say that to this day. And I was like, Well, no, Elliot Page is now, you know, in their thirties and you know, it doesn't make sense. That wouldn't but work. They, it wouldn't they're work. just too old for the, the role. They're and they're just old. purely basing that on a similarity of looks between the character and Elliot Page. And um yeah. Elliot but, Page is a good actor, but hundred like, percent too, too old for the role. Like Yeah, hundred percent. And but I think for her to handle not just the, well, I guess backlash, but also the skepticism and rise to the occasion and basically just say, no, I can do this. And she yeah. clearly has proven it. Fair play to her. Well done, Bella Ramsey. Yeah, well done. Well yes. done to you. Well done. Yes, well done. Well yeah. done. <laughs> um, so we, so obviously they, they have that encounter, they survive the attack, and then we kind of switch narrative to... Um, the actual raiders current inhabitants of uh kansas city and mm, mm. and what is actually going on there um mm. where we meet uh, uh kathleen the oh, leader kathleen. of the Resident, who is not in the game not a character in the game oh, okay the, this right. whole just part of me is like i don't want to keep going this isn't again this isn't again but obviously i'm trying to just show where the difference is in the no, 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 it's fair, it's fair. It's important. But, um, it is a game at the end of the day, you know. Yeah, so, but obviously Kathleen and the the rebels are in the town, essentially, and you are trying to get through the town away from and hide from these raiders and um, people who are trying to basically find you and kill you. Um, but the actual narrative of Kathleen, her story, leader of the rebellion, all that stuff is not in there. However, does... I think give a real extra level to the story of why you would what the stakes are in the, for them to try and get out of the city alive. Like what other than there's just a group of people looking for you because there is. Um, how do we think about Kathleen and her story? Obviously, we find out that she's looking for whoever killed her brother, which at episode four we know is someone called Henry, but in episode four and five we find out who henry and sam are how do we like that whole narrative arc um i mean i i liked it i mean it's it's i liked that obviously you don't know who henry and sam are and then i had this like really harrowing moment where i thought they were both children obviously when you go up into the little attic space yeah you see it's all like covered in children like drawings and like she's like oh you know well henry wouldn't let sam starve and i was like oh my god is this like a kid and like a teenager or something like who are these people like what's going on um and i guess that's where your mind goes in this sort of like completely awful environment um but i mean i thought her story was it's understandable that she's looking for like with with complete malice looking for this person that has hurt her brother um i know that ian had some issues with <laughs> kathleen's character 
it it's not necessarily her character. Like well, I it's think her character. No, 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 it's not a character. The character they're two different the actor and the character are two different things. The character of Kathleen and somebody having this, you know, pursuit of somebody who's wronged them in this apocalypse, uh, is completely fine. It's I and it's not the actress's fault. Like they're good actress, but I'm I really can't believe them as like this like leader of the rebellion. And it's not this isn't like oh because she's a woman or anything because the leader of the Fireflies back in um what you call it where they were Boston is totally believable as like this r- leader of rebellion. Kathleen is very like, oh, we're just going to kill you now. See you in a bit. You know, like very, you know, I just couldn't. Primary school teacher. Yeah. And I was just like, I really can't get into this. And then there's a bit in episode five. We're going to skip ahead because in episode Mm -hmm. four, you don't find out why she's hunting Henry. You just know that she's looking for Henry. And then in episode five, you have the clarification that Henry handed over her brother for drugs for leukemia to save her his brother uh sam which i'll get into that as well there's a little i feel like the they made things a little bit too complicated in the story they could have made it a little bit simpler and i feel like they added a lot of like narrative that i'm like this is a little bit too overcooked if you get what i mean Mm. but kathleen there's a scene where she's in their room from their childhood her and her brother who's now dead and her secondhand man's there holding his gun and like Oh, if my and she's given this speech, which I feel like this was the moment where you should have seen like, oh, this really nasty turn, and even the what's in the script is like, oh, my brother would be forgiving because he's a good person, but I'm not. I'm gonna kill whoever has wronged me, and that's Henry, and I will get my revenge. But she still delivers it, and it's a directional choice, and perhaps just poor casting, maybe just not the right casting. She delivers it in this really, like, again, very soft and fluffy, like, he wronged me, and I'm gonna kill him, and that's what's gonna happen. And I was just like, and then the guy goes to her, well, you, you, your brother never got rid of the, the Fedra, but you did, so I'm gonna, how? I can't believe this character did that. Like, it's again them telling us that that happened rather than showing us that happened. Yeah. And I, how can she do that? Who, <laughs> like, what? You? Like, I'm sorry. The guy who's her secondhand man is more believable as the person who did this because he's like rough and like ready to kill people. She doesn't look like that. She doesn't look like that at all. I, yeah. Uh, I, I, I mean, I, I agree. I do agree with you. Like, I think it's a fair point to make. I think perhaps what they needed was someone more like, um, as we said yesterday, like Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who... or or some someone like the woman from the first. I don't know the actress's name, but the first in the first episode, the yeah, leader of the Fireflies. Yeah, yeah, someone totally who's believable. like you know they have a charisma to them, but also they can switch and become very menacing and very, uh, very obviously a, a completely violent character. Because I can see what you're saying, and I I agree. She's very soft, and we never actually get to see her um present however it was that she became the the you know the leader of this violent resistance that led to people being tortured in the streets on mass you know mm. it just yeah. isn't believable in my I, mind i do know what you mean to to buy into the character completely 
for someone casting uh, like Mel- Melanie Linsky, who's who I've seen in things like Two and a Half Men and tons of other stuff over yeah. the years, um, to and I, I understand potentially a, the choice of that casting is to kind of un unnerve you as to there's a sweetness to this person that you would draw you in before she shoots you like in the mm. face, and I get that direction however i don't think it goes far enough i don't think they i think for lack of fact they'd have to show her doing a lot of gruesome acts for us to really buy into the fact that she is a ruthless ruthless person because it's kind of hard to say apart from a couple times where she's pointing a gun at someone then it's kind of she says a lot but she's not actually like you're right how did how did she spark a rebellion like yeah. how did she like carry the flag against Fedra mm. and do that? Unless she's and we we just missed that. So you know they just we, needed yeah to... we pick up after it's happened. Mm-hmm. And as Simone was saying, we see a lot of violence and horrendous stuff, which we understand that the Fedra of this city are pretty ruthless and like brutal themselves. So there's like the people of this city have been oppressed for a long time, and that's boiled over into a into a mass like butchering of people and um she there's a bit where she orders some people to be shot and you know fine but she just doesn't come across at all and that scene where she's talking about them growing up and now she's lost her brother i think that was intended to show the change in her Mm. but it just doesn't come across like that and it, it it's I, I, she's not a bad actress at all. I just don't think it was the right casting for what they were trying to portray with this person who's lost their 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 brother, the person that she cares about mm. the most, and now she has nothing. It just came across like very, almost like, you know, I don't know. She just came across as just like somebody down the shop who would be like, oh, and I'm going to kill you now. See you later. Bye. And I was just like... It's just really odd. It's just really odd the way she delivers even. Of course, we're not going to give them a trial. Now go in there and kill them. See you later. I'm going to go for a walk. And in that in that conversation as well, there's a bit where she's meant to be this mastermind who's caused the rebellion. And her second in command's like, if we create a perimeter, we can last Henry out. And she's like, no, door to door knocking is the best way. And I was like, no, the other guy's right. Like, that's way smarter to do. So why is this person who's come up with a bad plan the leader of your rebellion? I yeah. don't, it didn't show her being a tactically minded person. And I get the fact that she's doing it in pure impulse and rage and revenge, but it doesn't fully make sense to basically throw all your forces in a very inefficient way to find, you know, if you waited him out, he would yeah. come out and you'd still get your revenge. You'd still mm-hmm. have him at some point. But and it- I think... Yeah, I don't know. It begs the question of if that's what she's doing because she's hell-bent on revenge, how did she overthrow Fedra if she's got bad strategy there? I feel like somebody who could do that would have good strategy no matter what. Yeah. And that doesn't show her to be strategic, which would have been just better writing if they showed her to be like really smart and was like, actually, he's the one who's like, we can go for door-to-door knocking. And she's like, why would you do that, you idiot? Like, we need to be strategic and wait him out. That would have made more sense. Yeah, and it's interesting because obviously there's not a narrative really in the game as to why the Raiders are in Kansas City or how they how they took control or necessarily why they're hunting Henry and Sam other than, an, I think there's an allusion to robbery of some sort. Mm, um, mm. So I think this is 
and this was obviously an attempt to flesh that out and try and actually put a bit of a narrative behind it because it could very much just have been a dodge dodge the raiding search parties from one end of the city to the other but to try and give it a bit of you know meat on the bones story-wise but it doesn't quite all come together a little bit it's mm. it's still enjoyable and the last bit i want to touch on episode four before we move on to episode five is obviously they go down underground and open that door and they see the sunken bit of floor Ooh, yeah now i guess i'll go to simone first who <laughs> this 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 show is kind of <laughs> been a bit more harrowing for you for, for listeners i have to say when we watch this simone is always just a bag of nerves like a constant bag of nerves watching this show it's like you don't know what's going to happen next and you're always like oh god what's going on <laughs> It's like they're just opening a door, Simone. It's fine. Oh Jesus! What's I knew yeah. there was nothing good behind that door. Okay, I knew there was nothing. <laughs> yeah. I was like, "Don't open! Don't open the door!" That, 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 that's horror I, movie one hundred and one. Don't I open gen- the door. I genuinely thought at the time <laughs> when I was watching, going, "Someone's going to watch this and go, what the fuck is that?'" <laughs> <laughs> and, and my mum, who was listening to the last episode where you were talking about with the clickers and stuff, she she was just like, "I feel you, Simone." It was just when you said like basically terrified it's like it's it is a terrifying show it's genuinely more scary than i thought it'd be and i thought i'd be okay with it and i wasn't really expecting this kind of level um but that bit in the floor obviously is a bit foreboding um i guess my question is what did you guys think was in there before we find out um i thought it was infected genuinely like i was like there's there's nothing there's nothing good behind that door don't open the damn door. You know what's behind. I know what's behind that door. N- yeah. Now look what's happening with the floor. Get some concrete. Seal that shit up. It's terrible for your flooring. You know, it's terrible. For, it's infected are terrible for housing. You know? They are. They really Bringing are. the value of housing right down. Right down. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a little known fact, but yeah, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> always check. Always check when always. you go, when you view a house. Yeah, <laughs> always check, check the for floors. the infected. You got to, you got to. Is it bulging? I'm not taking here. I'm not doing yeah. it. Yeah, always open the cars and check the floors. Do you know those infected? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, well, I kind of, not that I had a spoiler or anything, because as we know, I have watched the game playthrough of stuff. Um, but I had kind of forgotten. But I saw a trailer. I think they showed a trailer to this quite early on of like what that big thing is. Like they, and so I was like, well, that's what that is then. Do you know what I mean? Like, so. I think I was a bit spoiled by the actual marketing of because it came up on bloody YouTube as a a skip thingy-majiggy. And I was like, oh, a Last of Us trailer. I haven't seen that before. So I watched it and I was like, oh, that's probably... Later on when we were watching the episode, I kind of put two and two together and was like, that's probably what that is. That's probably the big man later on, you know. Yeah. Big yeah. beefy boy. Big, big is an understatement. Um, but, yeah. Um, yeah, so that's kind of is towards the end of episode four and obviously the end of episode four when Elle and Jolie are, Ellie and Joel, sorry. Jolie. Jolie, Jolie, <laughs> Ellie and Joel are sort of camping in the building for the night um, are then find themselves waking up at gunpoint to Henry and Sam. And then that's where episode four ends. And then episode five starts with, um, we go back 10 days uh start begin diving into the backstory of henry and sam 
who uh, we found, and we found out ten days before that the city was seized and took over in what was seemed like a very, very violent rebellion mm. um, against Fedra, which. Mm. Obviously, with a bit of context uh, on how Fedra were to those people over the last 20 years, kind of makes a bit more sense, but also kind of ties into the point we're making earlier is like, how did this rebellion come about under the leadership of Kathleen? But, um, oh, Kathleen. Gonna kill you now. See you later. <laughs> let's, all, let's all rebel. Yeah, let's um, rebel and kill them. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, so we follow Henry and Sam as they uh, basically spend 10 days trying to survive in the attic space that we found, which, and we find out that, you know, they're brothers. Um, interesting note, Sam is not deaf in the game. Okay. So he he and Ellie speak and all the interactions they have, obviously, they have vocally. Um, interesting choice. Um, but before we get into that, I guess, obviously, how do we feel about episode five? I think it's a bit more of a set piece kind of action packed episode. Soul, a bit soul destroying. Uh, yeah, well. another a episode little bit. that just absolutely crushed me. I feel like the end, we're skipping well ahead because like, there's so much before yeah. it. Um, but a lot of set piece. But how I felt when the episode ended was very, I, I turned to Simone and was like, it's kind of like the road. Like with Cormac McCarthy's The Road, the end of this episode just made me feel like very soul destroyed. Like it's like if episode three was like optimism in the apocalypse, this episode is like everything is just fucking awful and like it's just depressing. Yeah, when you think about it, of episode three losing someone on your terms and then episode five not very upset, losing someone you've been protecting very much not in your terms it's a very much a stark contrast and a, yeah, sure. a real brain down from, yeah, <laughs> from where we were. It, it's, um, it's it's i mean it's as as i mean when we watched it and it finished ian and i sort of just like sat there <laughs> in silence as the credits rolled for about a minute yeah, yeah you do <laughs> completely stunned but i think it's 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 there's a level of there's a level of truth to it. I mean, there's this complete, complete truth that, you know, not not everyone is as fortunate as Frank and Bill to have that, mm. to have these stories. And the story of Henry and Sam is one that I think is probably very common in these sort of scenarios, in these post-apocalyptic scenarios where you're doing all you can to protect the people that you love and... you're not going to be able to protect them all and I think it's interesting that they've made Sam deaf because I think that adds another level of vulnerability to him not that Mm. not just that he's a like a what seven eight-year-old child in the apocalypse one that's also had health issues and then obviously deaf that that's just that his his like being realistic his chances of survival without somebody to look out for him at every like every moment is slim to none yeah i mean it's interesting you say that the deaf thing it's interesting they made that change because there's also now thinking about it i'm not saying i disliked these episodes at all they're they are very good and after i finished them i was like oh jesus but now some of the dialogue henry has with joel kind of makes a little less sense i think 
just from my interpretation of it rather than it doesn't necessarily factually but just like when he said oh the closest i've ever got to like hurting anybody was holding an empty gun at you i'm like but your brother's deaf and you are right his survival would be really low without somebody who's really looking after him which i i guess what they're looking for that dynamic but then i can't believe he's not done something quite ruthless to protect his brother do you get what I mean? Like, but, I'm not saying it's no, but he he talks about how he's 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 a rat, you know, he's a, a collaborator. So yeah, which makes sense. So yeah, that... maybe he hasn't had to get his hands dirty in the sort of literal sense of it. He's just had to rat yeah. people out as opposed to actually having to be violent. I guess, but from what we saw in the Boston QZ, people are still quite violent because Tess got beaten up, didn't she, by those people who actually wronged her. Um, but, and this one was apparently more ruthless, where the Fedra were like raping and killing and murdering people whenever they wanted and felt they could. So, I'm like, would would he really have not done anything at all? It just seems a bit in twenty years to have not done to got his hands dirty in the slightest, other than being a rat for his brother who's deaf and had leukemia. I'm a little bit like, I think you, this is kind of what I was talking about earlier with the overcooking their narrative. I think it would have just made sense without the leukemia thing that he handed his, that he handed the leader over to um, Fedra, the leader of the rebellion, which turns out to be Kathleen's brother to Fedra without the leukemia thing. I think adding the leukemia thing, I was like, there's a lot going on with this kid. That means he's not going to survive this. Like you've really layered that this kid is definitely going to die. Do you get what I mean? Like mm. death, leukemia is i feel like if they've just gone he's deaf and he like got captured or something by fedra messing about and he couldn't hear them and that's why he got caught and and henry was like look i'll give you the leader if you give me back my brother and they they had that agreement would make sense whereas the leukemia like stuff i was a little bit like would fedra this ruthless murdering government of this city particularly go we'll give you this in like people aren't remaking leukemia pills right nobody's going to be making medicine for leukemia in the apocalypse so that's probably a finite crazy expensive resource would they really give it to him or would they go right you've given us the leader let's murder the leader let's murder you now because you're useless to us and we'll move on with our lives because and have the leukemia tablets well well it might have been that um uh the brother i cannot remember kathleen's brother's name unfortunately i can't either like i'm just calling him kathleen's brother it's called derek classic derek Derek. um (laughs) he might have been on the cusp of actually raising a rebellion and taking over fedra and they've said to henry look this is a real problem for us and basically knowing that if Kathleen's brother gets any more traction, it's going to be a real issue and they could mm. be overwhelmed and they know that their reign of terror will come back and bite them. So they make that decision for Henry. And I think maybe that will play into why Kathleen is able to have to get the rebellion started is because, and as her second in command says, they loved her brother. Is that enough to spark a rebellion, you know, and get it over the line once the leader has been killed people just snap and 
go on a violent rampage, as we saw in the, episode, yeah. the start of episode mm-hmm. five. So maybe that was enough. I, I agree that, yeah, the leukemia pills and things like that would be finite. And, you know, there's, it's a big ass, but I think maybe it's a big enough ass. Maybe Kathleen's brother was that big of a threat to Fedra that they yeah. thought, if we don't quash this, we're going to be killed. I just feel like if probably. they're that ruthless, they probably wouldn't have given it to him. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying it's. Not. I'm not saying it's terrible writing or anything. I'm not like, oh, this like, totally took me out of the episode because I was all into the episode. It's just, it's just after the episode, I've been a little bit like, mm, would would this really ruthless people really give him leukemia pills? I feel like yeah. they just over just put a little bit too much into the script yeah. there. I think it would have just made sense if his brother was in danger and he handed him a, handed him over for his brother because why would you not? It's your brother like and they clearly have that connection because really? he's deaf. They clearly I think the deaf thing was enough is what I'm saying. Him being deaf was enough. They didn't need to add the leukemia thing. Yeah. And I think they wanted to obviously give Henry some more of a a narrative and a story because like I say in the game there's no real reason why they're hunting Henry and Sam. Um, there's more reason to hunt Ellie and Joel because obviously they take out some of the raiders. Yeah. But there's no real explained reason. So they kind of need to show if they go, well, why, why, why are they after you? And if it's a simple case of, oh, it's a little, it might have been robbery. Might, well, why, why should we worry about you? You know, what's your stakes in the game? Mm-hmm. So that, I understand they gave it a bit of narrative. Um, so yeah, I think. Um, Henry's backstory and the fact that Sam, who's also, I think, a little bit younger than he is, I think he's closer to 13, 14 in the game as well. So he's a bit more capable. So I think the maybe a conscious decision to cast younger is a bit more to enhance that vulnerability. Not only is he deaf, but he's young. Um, so maybe there's that as well. Maybe they just wanted to really amp the, the sense of vulnerability. Oh, yeah, definitely. 100%. Yeah. And it worked. I mean, it totally worked. It's just... It's pretty soul destroying, if I'm honest. This yeah. little eight year old kid, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, like the bit where he's painting his face and like making him a superhero. I was yeah. like, "Oh, this is really sad." This is because that, that's something we didn't talk about in the previous episode. We saw the doctor who helped them get shot by Kathleen, and I liked that this played into this episode that he was like, "He's not coming back, and he's probably dead." I was like. Oh God! This <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely bleak times. It's bleak times. Um, but before we get really into the end part <laughs> and time to prepare, obviously we Joe and Ellie team up with Henry and Sam. Henry and Sam has a plan to use the tunnels to get um out of the city. So they go into the tunnels and um. To be honest, I this is the part of the game where I for, kind of forgot what happens. So I was kind of like, I don't know what happens in these tunnels. I'm <laughs> kind of scared now. Um, normally, I have the knowledge ahead of me to go, right, I know what's going to happen, so I'm prepared for it. But I've totally forgotten what happened in this part. Um, so they go into the tunnels where I was fully expecting it to, you know, just completely go off and be a crazy run to the end. But they have that nice little moment in the kids area, which is also very sad to think that that's a kid's area mm-hmm. um, where you can see Ellie and Joel. It's not Ellie and Joel. Uh, Ellie and Sam ha- starting to kindle a relationship, which is nice for both of them as two young people trying to, 
you know, have have some kind of normalcy. And obviously you hear about Henry's backstory. But I really like that scene where Mm -hmm. it's obviously they're interacting over the comic book, which is something that actually happens in the game. Um, So it's nice to have that kind of thing. And obviously that's where Endure and Survive comes from. Um, Doesn't last long though, does it? It doesn't last long (laughs) because we get out the other side and there's the scene with the sniper essentially in the house, which is all, again, in the game, plays out slightly differently. Uh, and then we all hell breaks loose, and I guess again, Simone, how did you find <laughs> the moment where the ground just started giving way? I was like, "Oh, good God!" And I think I jumped up and like moved from my chair onto the sofa to like sit next to Ian, <laughs> which and, was like... funny because I cast it from the laptop. I cast what we watch, so I can. Ta- I have two screens in front of me. And Simone sat down next to me and she was like, oh, it's everywhere. It's in front of me. <laughs> I can't get away from it. <laughs> yeah, that, that was, that's such sheer terror. I mean, it's you, very good, isn't it? Yeah, I thought it was, it was, I mean, you know, there's going to be a lot of them that come up. <clears throat> Excuse me. You know that there's going to be a lot of them that come from underneath when you see that truck turn over. I just didn't expect it to be <laughs> so many, like... <laughs> They come out like World War Z zombies, like fully oh, sprinting. Yeah. And then the fat thing looking like the Hulk. Comes yeah, you up. did that. that was funny. Sorry. Sim went when it came out the when it came out the ground, she was like, Oh, what the fuck? Did the Hulk get infected? What's this shit? <laughs> like but I now understand that that's like another level of infected when they've been alive for quite some time is that right yeah Chris? yeah it's uh it, the mutation over time will affect them in different ways uh and there's more to come i'm not gonna lie oh, good, <laughs> good times look forward to that um you, oh god it's just gigantic uh, yeah it's terrifying absolutely terrifying boy. and the the little clicker child Oh, the one that came through the car window. Oh, my God. Good good, good choice of, like, actor, I guess. I think it must be a gymnast or something who did that. Uh, I was like, that's unsettling. That's, that's unsettling. exactly what my wife said. When she tumbled through the, the car, uh, she she said, oh, it's like an acrobat. I went, no, she just fell. And then she started twisting and doing all the other stuff. I was like, no, it is an acrobat. Yeah, Jesus yeah, that's like, good. And then my wife choice. yelled, it's like the exorcist. <laughs> <laughs> In the but, um, chaos of it all, I did think her getting into the car, I was a little bit like, uh, again, it, it's a story, so it does have to have that. But I was a little bit, and I enjoyed it. But again, afterwards, I was like, why did it go to the car? There's a lot of shit oh, going I on all around. Support, I fully support the idea of going in the car. No, was... not Ellie. I mean, the the creature. Oh, yeah. No, like, right. I was Sorry, a little yeah. bit like, in all of, the, the car was a good shout because there's so much shit going on around. If you just sit in a car and if they're attracted to noise... Like, it makes sense to sit in the car because there's so much shit going on around. They're not going to hear what's going on in the car. But that little one, I was like, why did they go to the car? Just, just, I'm not, again, I don't want to be that guy who's like... You are being you know, that guy. You are that guy. <laughs> I'm being that guy. It doesn't make... It, it, for me, I was a little bit like, that doesn't make that much sense. With all the carnage that's going on around, I would imagine... They were, anyway, it was it was still good. It was still good. Still I'll terrifying. Still I'll stop talking. <laughs> my my wife also shouted out when Joel is sh- when the truck is like pl- like 
bearing down on Ellie with the snowplow bit in the front. Mr. Plow and coming in. Mr. Plow coming in. And uh, Joel's shooting and he shoots her and it takes off my mouth to shoot. Joel, you ledge. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what, that whole sequence, I think this has been one of the best action sequences the episode's done, uh, yeah. the series has done. Obviously, it's not done too much action. The major one that we had before was when the outbreak actually happened, which was outstanding. The mm-hmm. like, but this was very good. Like her running and Joel just shooting them as they go near her, like an absolute badass. Like yeah. that was fucking great. That was so good. Yeah. And he, good, good shot. Better than that old man Anthony. Better than that guy. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. That. Um, yeah, I think what they're also doing. Obviously, they're keeping the creatures to a minimum, so they have more of an impact. Yeah. So work. obviously, we've had three set pieces. We've had the clicker, the clickers in the museum, and obviously the outbreak at the very beginning. But we haven't. This is the only the third kind of instance where we've actually witnessed them do yeah. what they do, and I think it has more of an impact than say I don't oh, know, like so I don't want to bring up The Walking Dead again, but uh, it's one of them where it's like, oh, there's just the zombies shambling in the background, and they're basically ignoring them because they've just become such a non-threat yeah i i know i actually do think it's fair to bring up the walking dead again because i think like i saw somebody say online a review of the last of us these five episodes is like a walking dead that stuck to the first season's vibe Mm. and didn't like go off the rails uh and this person was saying that like the first season of the walking dead the zombies in that felt really like really unpleasant and scary because you didn't see them all the time and when you did like obviously the one everybody remembers from that first season is the little girl that he sees yeah Yeah. it's really fucking like jesus christ but by season two because as you rightly say because they're everywhere they almost lose the fear factor of it it's kind of like with jaws in in um in jaws jaws in jaws the shark in jaws when you see it at the end it loses its fear as as much because it becomes like oh you know what it is now whereas when it's like oh you can't see it all the time and you just see presence there's a lot of fear to that and i completely agree with you they've done a good job just to be like we see we've seen three big set pieces with them in it and they have been terrifying whereas the walking dead i think relied on the horror of the zombies to be like oh this is what the show's about but it just ended up being a bit tame because of that yeah i think so yeah. but so, i i've great scene great scene yeah sam have you recovered yet or are you still <laughs> no i don't think i'll ever recover i was, was shaking. shaking i was shaking like i was like my jaw is shaking why is my yeah. jaw shaking <laughs> oh yeah she I... took uh, the teddy bear toby you know <laughs> who's now canon he's canon <laughs> <laughs> to hold on to Toby for dear life. No, uh, phenomenal, phenomenal action action sequence. Just it really they do it right. So so well so well choreographed, and yeah, the 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 chaos, the the panic, just outstanding. That big yeah. dude ripping off the guy's head. Oh, oh god. god! Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, even the bit where Ellie is dodging between and Joel shooting to go and save Henry and Sam from under the car. Mm. I think it's just so the the flip back and forth between the two he shoots, she runs. It's yeah. just, it's Very great. Cool. And I think they really, it's, and it has, like, like I said before, it has much more of an impact because it's not, we haven't had five episodes of just high octane adrenaline filled action to go on. So when it, these things happen, you really grab your attention. Yeah. Um, and then obviously the bit uh, where Kathleen's just about to finish them off. And then that thing jumps and <laughs> grabs her, which was, it was, 
a cheer-worthy moment for me. I was, yeah. I was literally like, yay! Because um, <laughs> I like the idea that they, again, like in Rick and Morty with Hepatitis C and Hepatitis B, the, the little clicker knew. She helped out. She was like, I'll help them get away. <laughs> so they do get away. Uh, they get to the motel. They spend the evening. They make plans to all go to Wyoming together and live on a farm and be very happy. Whatever they want to do, basically, all seems good. We then find John, uh, Sam and Ellie in the room together having a very, very heartfelt conversation about, you know, fear on what it's like to be scared. And then the reveal that Sam has been bitten. Now, obviously, before the very end, there's the instance where Ellie tells him about her blood and what she believes it can do. And there's, I think... For me, it was a very sweet, innocent, naive moment where she thinks that her blood will simply cure him when she puts it on his wound, um, which I think is a, it was a really sweet moment, but kind of ampl- uh, shows for me the understanding that she doesn't fully understand what how important she is or what th- the world and how it works. Um, but I thought it was a really nice moment. Um, then, obviously, there's... The morning after, so guys, obviously that's probably the most distressing thing of the over the two episodes. What did we think? Yeah, I mean, it was kind of a. I when they got to the motel, I was like, I, I knew I was like that. Yeah. I was like, they're gonna die. They're gonna. So die. I just kept saying, saying they're, they're gonna, gonna die. die. <laughs> they're gonna die. They're gonna die. And I was like, I don't know how, but they're they're gonna die. They're you gonna just die. kept going. It's too nice. They're gonna die. They're gonna it die. Is, but it was. It they're was, not it going was to too, a farm. It was, it was way too nice. It was <laughs> way too nice. You were like, as you said, it's not the four of us. It's the last of us. <laughs> they're gonna die. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's yeah. Absolutely. It's just. It's it's heartbreaking again. You know. And this when, is more like crushing. Like, and, and you had that moment where. Uh, Henry, it's Henry. Yeah, Henry grabs the gun and like he's holding it, and it's just like, oh god, like yeah. When when he shot Sam, like you audibly was like, you shouted out when that happened. That was just, it's pretty. I'd say the thing that I felt when when it ended and they've buried them, and then Ellie leaves the I'm sorry on yeah Sam's I'm... grave. And then they walk away. It is just like Cormac McCarthy's The Road. Yeah, it's just so like bleak and just like yeah. no optimism at all. And I think that also links into the blood thing. Yeah, that's the innocence, but it also makes you question like what actually is Ellie's like? What what is Ellie's not ability, but what is her immunity? You know, I I think I mentioned in a previous episode that there's a theory that she actually doesn't have immunity. She has just a different type of fungus that create like has stopped her from getting that one, um, which I think is ethereal game forums and stuff about the second game and this game. Uh, I don't know why I say I haven't actually played or watched the second game at all, um, but some people are saying that, that there's an element of like little Easter eggs that show that. Um, but whether she is or not, I think it does draw into question, like, what actually can she do? Like, what can this child do to save people? Like, really? And yeah, yeah, it's just when he's like, 
oh, stay up with me. I'm like, oh my god, this is just so fucking depressing. Because you're like, that blood's not going to do anything. No. Before it even happens, you're like, yeah, that's not going to help. That's definitely not going to help. Mm. But the acting, the acting performance of Henry and Sam, the two actors, especially Sam for a child actor, outstanding. Yeah. yeah. Outstanding. 100%. Yeah, because yeah, obviously knowing the outcome of that it still isn't for me it wasn't easy to watch it wasn't it was just it was heartbreaking to watch and to know for that young because that child knows even though Ellie tries to use her blood and stuff I think he you can see in his face he's like I've seen what happens when this happens and I know what awaits me and when he says stay up with me it's just, it's, yeah. oh, God. Yeah, it's pretty bleak. It's yeah. pretty bleak. It's just, yeah. yeah. It's really and, bleak. And without going too much into it for what comes ahead, at this moment in the game, from what I remember, and what it appears to be from how Ellie is at the end of the episode is a real turning point for how Ellie, her perspective on things. And yeah. While she's not completely oblivious to the threat of the world, she's very much to this point being a happy-go-lucky kind of make the most of a situation Mm. that kind of starts to wear off as and this is the first step in that for her and it's it's heartbreaking because it's you've come so far and you grow attached to people and then and this is again back to the walking dead this is what happens this is when the walking dead was at its best when it was talking about the actual stakes and the connections between people and that's what the show is doing well is how that plays out in this situation and how it can crush you. And it's just it's it's horrible to watch that that scene and play, but it's brilliant television at the same time. <laughs> it is. I mean, what what we are watching is, as you said, Chris, we're, we're watching just like this sixteen-year-old girl that doesn't have any real-world experience just become completely like I don't think disillusion's the right word but like there isn't there isn't much to be hopeful for there isn't much to you know she thinks she's she's got this immunity and it's like I can help people you know I mean she's she's thinking I can I can do good and it's like I I, I can't do anything you know yeah uh, she's had to shoot a guy and like paralyze him and 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 that scene there was just, and when she's like against the wall listening to him cry out for his mum, and it's just, oh, she's been through so much. Yeah, God. yeah. I think it's also in telling that that's what the directors and the writers want to portray. That it's Joel might be our protagonist or one of our protagonists, I should say, but the real story is probably Ellie's loss of not innocence, as you say, but like her losing what makes her probably a child yeah and it's telling when henry shoots himself that you don't see joel's face you focus on ellie Mm. as joel is like oh god like with the situation and you focus on ellie's reaction to what she's just seen Uh, and i i think that the the general vibe of the last of us although fucking bleak is clearly about like ellie's like change in this world like ellie's our main character joel is probably there as a co 
character if you get what i mean like he's the co-star we think he's the main star but it's more ellie's story mm. and her story through loss it's fucking bleak it's real bleak it's yeah, just it fucking depressing yeah 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 even gilmore girls didn't help after this one <laughs> just, it, it just didn't help just didn't help even laura lie going girls. on about some crap i was just like i don't care sam's dead like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes yeah, very good. Well, I'd say with that scene as well, great cinematography. It a really good, like with Ellie waking up, the sun on Sam. There's an element of like hope that he's okay, but if you're in like a eagle-eyed watcher, you'd probably already go, yeah, no, he's fucked because they attract to the sun we've established that from what tess said mm-hmm. in when we saw them so if you 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 may have had an element of hope that he's okay because sunlight is usually associated with that in filming techniques but then to touch him and you know i oh know he's more he's being attracted to the sun because that's what the fungus does and then for the attack the way they shot it was really really good that sam like henry grabs the gun we have him on the floor and then after the gunshot is frantic and then suddenly it all becomes very calm and there's very little cuts between, you know, Sam to Henry. And it starts getting more cuts when he's about to shoot himself. Um, and we cut to Sa- Sam's blood, like going across the floor and then to Henry shooting himself because that's what he's looking at. Uh, and then just sticking on Ellie's face in it. Yeah, very very good cinematography. It really that's how you show like erraticness in a scene. Yeah, and you know, it is bleak and sad and just soul destroying as it is. It shows how good it the show is that it makes us feel that way. Um, yeah, as opposed to just indifference because it's just it's it's just so well done. I think the show's up to this point. I think we're at the halfway point now, and I think it's yeah. been really well crafted i don't know about you guys but i'm enjoying it i'm really loving it mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. television i think it's great it, it's 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 outstanding television it is outstanding television it's just it's heartbreaking <laughs> it's heartbreaking it really is but it, yeah. it's, it's fantastically made and well done well, well done. done well done well done to the creators of the last yeah. of us um, well done to Pedro Pascal as well. And, and Bella, Pedro Pascal. Pascal. And Bella and Ramsey. Ramsey. And Bella Ramsey. Oh, Bella Ramsey. Yeah. <laughs> She's smashing it. She yeah, yeah. Fuck the haters. Um, yeah. So... I need to just find... After this, can we like do a 10-minute talk on something happy? Like, I don't know. Like... I've never watching... seen Gilmore Girls, so... Yeah. Let's <laughs> do it! On Gilmore Girls. <laughs> I think Toby would cry. I think he'd just have a breakdown. <laughs> um... I th- well, I think obviously we we'll, we are at halfway point. We've got I think another five episodes left of series one. It's already been renewed for series two. Uh, quite rightly, I think if this is the way they're going, um, we'll have uh, cameos coming up soon from the two voice actors from Joel and Ellie, which I'm very much looking forward to. Troy Baker and Ashley Johnson because they did a smashing job in the game, and can't wait to see them. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see how this goes. Um, from your perspective obviously as not having played the game but also from me to see how they how they do things but yeah really enjoying it and 
we will that's all the time we have for this week's episode of 10 minute talks on last of us we won't be back next monday because we've done two episodes this time so we'll be back i need uh, a break I yeah need we a need break. a break after this these two we need a break so yeah. um yeah we'll be back um the monday after which will be the 27th um for our next episode where we talk about episode six um but in the meantime, thank you both for joining me. It's been great talking to you about these. And as always in our, these, I see these as therapy sessions now. <laughs> yeah, you know, they are. They 100% are. Yeah. So thanks for joining me. Thanks for, we'll get through it together. It's yeah. fine. Oh, sure will. Thanks, Chris. It'll be okay. It'll be no okay. Fun. It'll be okay. Uh, <laughs> And of course, uh, thank you to, as always, to you wonderful listeners uh, for tuning in. We do appreciate it. As I mentioned before, we're available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and now on SoundCloud. Uh, tons of episodes and a t- range of things, including the previous episodes of The Last of Us. Uh, you can find us at the Phantom Zone Podcast there, and also the same handle on Instagram and Twitter um uh so yeah and if you fancy dropping us a message as a couple of people have done that'd be great so we really appreciate it but for now thank you for joining us and we'll see you next time goodbye bye